Welcome to our Engaging Influencers podcast, where we at Ablaze Malawi aim to illustrate the significance of living an influential Christian life and how one could impact society. We do this by bringing real life situations and stories to illustrate just how essential this is to the everyday Christian life. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello. Welcome to another session of Engaging Influences with your host, Santla Dacker. Today, I'll be continuing on the series, Leadership Characters from the Bible. And I'm personally very excited about the character that we'll be sharing on today. So I hope you're so soaked into this episode already. If not, I would even encourage you right now to just go on, share the links. Don't keep the goodies to yourself. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, thank you for the time that you have given us today so that we can be able to learn from you. Leadership lessons from great men that you put in place before us. Lord, we don't take these lessons for granted, we don't take these lives for granted, for you invested yourself, your spirit into them so that they could become benchmarks, so they could become point of references for us in becoming better people generally and becoming better leaders specifically. So Lord, give us the grace to learn and to apply these lessons so that we can be able to lead better and work on making this world a better place than we all found it. In the name of Jesus, I've prayed. Amen. So today we'll be sharing about the man, Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, as many of you might know it, initially he was known as Saul of Tarsus. This was before he got converted. Um, the time that he was persecuting Christians, he was a Pharisee. He was not being called Paul. He was called Saul of Tarsus. So he was actually born in Tarsus. That's why he was called Saul from Tarsus. In Sicilia, which is now Turkey, around 4 BC. It is around that year, it's not specific at that year, but it's estimated that it was born around this year. Which is somewhat equivalent to the time Jesus was born, or maybe a bit later. He was executed in, his, in Rome for his faith. Um, yeah, after he's done his ministry and going through a lot, doing a lot of impact, he lived his purpose until the last day of his life. And he was executed for what he believed, for what he preached, and for what he stood for. So he's one of the martyrs of earth. And it is due to the faithfulness of this man and others that today we can proudly call ourselves Christians. So there's a lot to learn from his life. Otherwise, one thing that you know as well about Paul is that 
out of all the 27 books in the New Testament, 13 are attributed to him. And actually one of these books, aside from those that he wrote, which is the Acts of Apostles, you find out that half of it, it deals with Paul's life and works. So that's how influential he was. That's how detailed his ministry is and is crucial to Christianity because as far as it matters, the New Testament uh, pretty much defines us better and half of this record God had trusted Paul to come up with it. So he's that significant to Christianity. Otherwise, Paul is also mostly considered to be the most influential figure after Jesus in the history of Christianity, which I think it may be true. It can be argued, yes. But I don't know a man whose influence has lasted like this man because as i've said whenever we caught the new testament much of it much of the texts that we're quoting these were letters from paul so if you're talking about two billion christians then he has a solid influence upon the lives of these people and he has had it for thousands of years so he's one of the most influential people in history and in Christianity, probably the most influential Christian after Jesus himself. There's so much we can talk about Paul. But one thing for sure is that he's truly a great religious leader of all time. So what are some lessons that I learned from his life that I want to share with you today? Firstly, why the knowledge is that Paul knew prioritizing character and integrity was paramount in being an influential leader. In most of his text, what you find out is, for example, even when I was talking to Timothy and he was telling him about choosing leaders, it wasn't necessarily just about gifts and all these things, but he focused on how he has to prove himself, you know, uh, blameless. Not just before other people, but even before believers. That by his character, he has to show himself qualified. That was focusing, that was a focus on character. The same we talked with Titus. And you'd see that as much as he was a man, if you go into Acts, the Bible says his handkerchief could heal people. You know, people would get handkerchiefs so that you could touch them and they'll take those handkerchiefs, lay them on the sick and they'll get healed. That's how anointed this man was. This was a man that a person fell from a roof. He just went down, picked him up, the person got back to life after dying. But you find he wasn't putting emphasis on that. Rather, he was putting emphasis on people attaining the character of Jesus because that's what he knew separated us. And made us right with God. So his leadership. It was mostly founded on the character of Jesus Christ. So he was a man of character. A 
And it's the same about us today. It should be the same. Leadership is not about style or technique as much as it is about character and integrity. Paul embodied this by speaking the truth in every situation, living in line with the scripture, and keeping a blameless conscience before men and God. So it was because of his integrity that he actually had the audacity and the boldness to, stay, to say this in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, and you should imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's a very bold statement. You can't just tell people, be like me, do things like me. Unless you are sure that what you do is right. And this was Paul. He knew that he was a man who was down on the line for integrity. And we have to see more leaders like this nowadays. We have leaders without conscience. We have leaders who don't think about how their decisions can literally cost their legacy. We do things anyhow. We are moved by lust. We are moved by desires. We are moved by greed. And so much is being thrown away. We have to be people who stand for what is right. Being truthful. Being consistent in character. Not being double-sided. Today you are this, tomorrow you are that. Changing principles based on who you are dealing with. We don't have to be like those leaders. A true leader is consistent in all situations. We have to be people of integrity. When you make promises, let us fulfill. When you say yes, let it be yes. When you say no, let it be no. We have to stand for something because if you don't stand for something, will fall for anything. That's why it matters to be a person of integrity. And that was Paul for you. Secondly, what I learned about the life of Paul was that he knew hard work was key to his success and to, being, to not being a burdensome leader. So you see, as much as he recognized that all his success as an apostle was the grace of God, he still worked harder than all the other apostles. And this is being said in reference to what he claimed in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. That even though I was the least of apostles, yet I worked harder than the rest of, of the apostles. And it's true. You'd see the way he was traveling. Even if you estimate the regions, this, he was working hundreds of miles. You'd find one time he stoned, the next day he's going to preach. This was poor for you. So the impact didn't just come on a silver platter. This man worked to see the church grow in the way that it grew in his time. He worked to make sure that there were letters, records, that people could have references to even after he died. His ministry didn't happen by chance. That's why he didn't fall from the top that he was. So he still worked harder than all the other apostles, even though uh, he, 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 the grace of God was fully awake in his life. And another thing that we even notice that he didn't rely on offerings from believers. The Bible says he made tents for a living and even for financing his ministry and for helping other believers or bettering his community. You can find this from Acts 20 verse 33, 
to 35, where he was talking about how he wasn't a burden to the people. So it will come at a time as a leader that you have to understand that you can't be a burden to people. You can't be going to your colleagues, you know, and be asking for money. You, you can't be a minister and every time the message that you talk about is giving. Not necessarily because you want the people to get blessed, but because you want food. There's a time you have to work hard with your own hands so that the people that you are serving, you should not be a burden to them. There are times like in Africa, most people that we are serving, they're not rich people. So you can't always tell people, give, give. Where are they going to give from? Some people are walking to church and maybe the only money that they served was to go and buy food and attain them, give it all. So that you could just have fuel for your car. These are things that we have to sit down and say, what's our part in this gospel? What can I do with my own hands to make sure that I'm not a burden to other people, to make sure that I can be able to finance my ministry, to make sure that I have even more than enough to help others, to help my family. Because if it is given from church, you can't take church money and be, you know, flashing it around with your whole relatives, whoever you think about it. You have to be very responsible. With how you spend it, it has to be strictly spent on needs if indeed you are relying on that. But it's even more honorable as a minister when you work hard. Making sure that all the money that is given is just there to be able to assist pretty much the ministry. You are trusting God over the grace to do your own things and to handle your own life. That is a good thing as a leader. So... You have to be a hard-working leader. Paul was like that. All roads that lead to a standing and outlasting impact have to pass through the hard-work street at some point. There's no other way around. You have to be a hard-working leader. The third point, Paul knew that as leaders, we will be rewarded by being faithful and not necessarily by being successful. This is important because nowadays we're missing it. Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. He didn't say, well done, good and successful servant. There's a, different, uh, there's a difference. Today, a lot of people are dying to be successful in people's eyes. Trying to make it by world's standards. And the Bible says, what the world esteems, most times what God humbles. So you'd find nowadays people are saying, you know, you are blessed and the blessing that people are always thinking about is probably rolling around in private jets, you know, probably having five Lambos and all this stuff, which I believe necessarily that's not God's priority of blessing a person, anointing a person. And it's not what God is looking for in leaders above it all. What God is looking for for leaders is those who can be faithful, faithful to his calling, faithful to his vision of our lives, faithful to the purpose that he has over our lives. And that's what Paul was. You'd see that through all the imprisonment, the beatings that he got, the stonings, and even the hatred that he faced, 
Paul remained faithful to his mission and the vision he received from Jesus till his last breath on earth. As I said, this was a man that on his last breath, breath he was still a Christian, he was still ministering. And he died for his very purpose. So we have to be leaders like that. Ultimately, just like Paul, you'll be more effective as a leader if you strive to be faithful rather than successful by what standards. It's not about titles, houses, cars. It is about being faithful to God's call. The fourth thing that you learn is that by being knowledgeable and open-minded, Paul managed to impact wider, further, and longer. So I don't think it is new knowledge that Paul was educated, well-informed, and he was full of spiritual revelation. And this is something that most leaders should strive to be. We have to be people who can be students, always striving to learn new things, always striving to be informed by reading a lot of books, by finding a lot of information about what we're doing with, watching videos that have educative content, you know, having mentors. This matters because um, it takes being knowledgeable and open-minded to transcend through various generations, traditions, and personalities. Trust me, ignorance and rigidity limits one impact and influence. So you can even see that um, if you compare them with the other apostles, as much as the other apostles are really, really anointed, talk about Peter, you know, he just walks and his shadow is hitting the people. You know, a lot of things were happening with those men. And these were men who are living in tough places and they could survive amongst their enemies because of the glory that was on their lives. And even Paul said, I was the least amongst all the other apostles. So God, the Holy Spirit was moving mightily in these other apostles. But there was one thing that made Paul have an outlasting and outstanding impact. And that was his knowledge and his ability to be more open-minded. That was the reason why God sent him even to people that were not of his religion. He went to Europe and he was able to impact, to influence these people because of his knowledge. He could be there and argue and reason with these guys. Like in Athens, the Bible somewhere in Acts, he says that these people, they'll just sit down and discuss ideas. That means there are people of reasoning and it takes someone who's knowledgeable to be able to convince people about Jesus. So you need to be knowledgeable as a leader. You meet different people in your career. You meet people with different personalities, different cultures. It is your exposure. It is your knowledge about how people are different, about what people like, about how to work with people. That will make you a very effective leader, being very flexible in different environments. So be knowledgeable. Don't be a lazy leader. Be like Paul. Paul himself, he spoke through three languages, was fluent in three languages, Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek. And it's even said that he knew a bit of Latin. It's a possibility. But the point is, 
when you are knowledgeable as a leader, you transcend through various traditions, generations, and personalities. So make effort to be an informed leader. Lastly, what you learn is that Paul knew that the quality of his followers was key to having a long-lasting faith. So a quality team, or let's say followers, lead to an understanding and outlasting organization, business, movement, or foundation. Most organizations are short-lived because the leaders didn't focus on equipping and building their people. What good is building something when there's no one who can carry it on? What good is doing something when you are, no one can do it when you are not around? So Paul knew this, that there was this burden of him going in various places to preach. So the only way he couldn't worry about the other places he has preached is if he took quality time to raise these people to carry on what he started preaching, what he believed. And that's what a leader should be. You should be more than anything focused on building a quality team. If you have a chance, spend some time, mentor your people, send them for courses, pay them. They'll pay back, I'm telling you. Expose them, send them for trainings. Teach them new skills. When you do that, it will pay off at a certain time because you are not always going to be there as a leader. You're not always going to be strong as a leader. You're not always going to be active as a leader. You will need a team that will do greater works than you when you are not around. So, great organizations, long-lasting organizations, they are as good as the team that is running it. A real leader's aim should be to make everyone around him better. He should make them stronger, more effective, more motivated, as a leader, your passion should be to help people make to help make the people under you your leadership flourish. That is why a true leader must be or must have a heart of a servant. So that's what I learned from Paul. He took time to raise up Timothy, he took time to raise up um John Mark, he took time to Mentor Titus, there are a lot of people that were under him. And he took time to even spend time with the churches. And there was a time that he had to go back and say with Barnabas, he's like, ah, we need to go back and follow up on the churches. So you always went back to see how people are doing, how people are faring in their faith. And that should be a heart of a leader. Be obsessed with your people. How are they doing? How are they growing? Because their quality will determine the quality of an organization that you're going to build. You need a great team to build a great organization and to lay a great impact and legacy. Take time to invest in your people. These are the few lessons that I laid from studying the life of Paul. I hope you make more time to read the Bible and be able to learn more about his life because Better is not enough, as the prophet said, Prophet Joshua, the best is yet to come. So that is God's desire. That was Jesus' desires. Greater works shall you do than I did. God is in the business of raising greater and greater leaders as the time goes. We need 
greater men, greater leaders than Apostle Paul. You can be that leader. Take time to study these great men. Take time to dedicate yourself and submit yourself to the leading and the training of the Holy Spirit. Take time to be informed. Take time to build your team. Take time to be faithful to what you're doing. Take time to work on your character and your integrity. Take time in what you're doing and work hard at it. And trust me, you'll be a great leader that shall transcend various personalities, traditions, and generations. May God bless you. And may God make you a fruition of generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed week.